0: Preface of the Vicar of Bullhampton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Vicar of Bullhampton, by Anthony Trollope. Preface The writing of prefaces is, for the most part, work thrown away, and the writing of a preface to a novel is almost always a vain thing. Nevertheless, I am tempted to prefix a few words to this novel on its completion, not expecting that many people will read them, but desirous, in doing so, of defending myself against a charge which may possibly be made against me by the critics, as to which I shall be unwilling to revert after it shall have been preferred. I have introduced in the Vicar of Bullhampton the character of a girl, whom I will call, for want of a truer word, that shall not in its truth be offensive a castaway i have endeavoured to endow her with qualities that may create sympathy and i have brought her back at last from degradation at least to decency i have not married her to a wealthy lover and i have endeavoured to explain that though there was possible to her a way out of perdition still things could not be with her as they would have been had she not fallen There arises, of course, the question of whether a novelist, who professes to write for the amusement of the young of both sexes, should allow himself to bring upon his stage such a character as that of Carrie Brattle. It is not long since, it is well within the memory of the author, that the very existence of such a condition of life as was hers was supposed to be unknown to our sisters and daughters, and was in truth unknown to many of them. Whether that ignorance was good may be questioned but that it exists no longer is beyond question then arises that further question how far the condition of such unfortunates should be made a matter of concern to the sweet young hearts of those whose delicacy and cleanliness of thought is a matter of pride to so many of us cannot women who are good pity the sufferings of the vicious and do something perhaps to mitigate and shorten them without contamination from the vice it will be admitted probably by most men who have thought upon the subject that no fault among us is punished so heavily as that fault often so light in itself but so terrible in its consequences to the less faulty of the two offenders by which a woman falls all her own sex is against her and all those of the other sex in whose veins runs the blood which she is thought to have contaminated and who of nature would befriend her were her trouble any other than it is she is what she is, and remains in her abject, pitiless, unutterable misery, because this sentence of the world has placed her beyond the helping hand of love and friendship. It may be said, no doubt, that the severity of this judgment acts as a protection to female virtue, deterring, as all known punishments do deter, from vice. But this punishment, which is horrible beyond the conception of those who have not regarded it closely, is not known beforehand. Instead of the punishment, there is seen a false glitter of gaudy life, a glitter which is damnably false, and which, alas, has been more often portrayed in glowing colours for the injury of young girls, than have those horrors which ought to deter, with the dark shadowings which belong to them. To write in fiction of one so fallen as the noblest of her sex, as one to be rewarded because of her weakness, as one whose life is happy, bright, and glorious, is certainly to allure to vice and misery but it may perhaps be possible that if the matter be handled with truth to life, some girl, who would have been thoughtless, may be made thoughtful, or some parent's heart may be softened. It may also at last be felt that this misery is worthy of alleviation, as is every misery to which humanity is subject. Anthony Trollope. End of Preface.